Welcome to the Blab Lab, a twice monthly podcast from the reporters of Eco RI News, where we unpack the critical environmental issues facing Southern New England. I'm reporter Colleen Cronin, and today I'm here with senior reporter and columnist Frank Carini to talk about his recent piece on the environmental impacts of cruises. Hey, Frank, how you doing? Good, obligated to be here. <laughs> I did make Frank wait an extra half an hour accidentally. Car well, like an hour. Because <gasps> I got car sick on an electric school bus this morning. Um, quiet doesn't smell like anything that still makes you car sick. So, Frank, in this piece, you talk about the many ways that cruise ships are tough on the environment. And I was wondering if we could start with some of the like really audacious acts. Like um, you mentioned in the article that Carnival Cruise Lines has several environmental violations. And I'm wondering if you talk about how you found those out and, and what they were. Yeah, well, find out was easy because there's a list. Friends of the Earth keeps track of cruise ships and all their violations, and you can find the court cases. But the court case you were talking about, or that was the biggest one, it's actually the biggest one in history, it was a $40 million fine uh, to Carnival in 2017, which wasn't that long ago, for dumping all these hazardous chemicals and oil deliberately into the oceans. Deliberately? Yeah, deliberately, at least according to the, the court records. Because, I mean, on these cruise ships, you're incinerating the trash, all the wastewater and, you know, sewage is being treated or minimally treated or partially treated, allegedly treated before it's dumped into the ocean. So you, there's no space to keep any of this stuff. So you're, like I said, burning it or dumping it. And they just decided to dump a bunch of stuff. How they got caught, I have no idea. So some of the stuff they're legally allowed to just dump in the ocean, but it has to be go through some sort of remediation. Before. Yeah, like a sewer system on board. Now, oh. some of them are like, they don't always work from nobody's fault. It could just all of a sudden broke down and they didn't know whatever. But then there's also these like this, the deliberate stuff. And it's partially treated or min- minimally treated. I've never been on a cruise before. I've only ever seen them from a distance. You're talking about some pretty big ships. Yeah, they're massive. And they're most of them still are fueled by uh, something that's called heavy fuel, heavy fuel oil. And basically it's just a remnants of it's just the dregs of refinery stuff. So it's all the the garbage and that burns wicked bad. Like there's reports done that like one cruise ship every day at sea, it emits the same amount of uh, sulfur oxides that 13 million cars would, the same amount of soot that a million cars would. So they're really polluting. And some of the newer ones, like I came across a CNN puff piece about the icon of the seas, which is going to be unleashed in January. This will be the biggest cruise ship that's ever existed. Yep. It's like 1,200 feet long and weighs like 251,000 tons and it has 20 decks and it holds like 7,600 passengers plus 2,300 crew. The puff piece notice how it's going to be clean energy because it's liquefied natural gas. So which it's, isn't clean. it's cleaner, but it's not it's clean. Not, not really. Yeah, it's cleaner than the heavy fuel oil, sure. I was kind of amazed. I was amazed at how big these things were like size wise and also that sort of fact about the equivalency to cars, how much toxins it's emitting. So can you talk a little bit about even when these big ships aren't doing horrible violations like the Carnival Cruise case that we were talking about, um, what kind of waste and byproducts are they putting out? For example, there's no bubblers, drinking fountains, whatever you want to call them. I've gotten in trouble when I say Scuttlebutt. Call Scuttlebutt? Yeah. And it, what's that? It's the name of a bubbler on a ship. Really? Yeah. And then the it became also a word for gossip because 
scuttlebutt is what you talk about when you're by the bubbler. Interesting. Wow. Well, anyway, there's no scuttlebutts on these ships because of health reasons. You know, they're all just basically a big Petri dish. So there's no, <laughs> I've never been on a cruise, obviously. Uh, nor would I ever be. Uh, but that didn't come into my I mean, the man who doesn't like to go to the beach during the summer doesn't want to be on a cruise. Shocking. No, nope. even when back in the day when I was young and would hoist a few adult beverages and like to, uh, uh, you know, party or whatever, I would never. Party be, or I whatever. Never, I never even thought of going <laughs> on a cruise ship. Who knew what the word party uh, meant? I, I used to, not anymore. But anyway, so there's no bubblers or scuttlebutts. So everybody's drinking water out of maybe not at dinner, but throughout the day, plastic bottles. All those have to be incinerated. All the trash has to be incinerated. We can talk about like the people in the buffets, they obviously they overpile their plates. So then there's all that food waste and then that's burned or dumped at sea. I mean, granted that's not as bad as dumping plastic and burning plastic, but still it must be a ton of food waste on these ships too. Even if they're, even if they're totally within all legal requirements, there's still, there's all that noise and propeller pollution that are affecting marine mammals. Carnival, I believe it's Carnival, has like 92 ships. So, and there's like 18 major cruise lines in the United States. So if you all have, you know, there's hundreds of ships out there, all that noise. There's vessel strikes. There was a 2001, I think it was, it was Carnival, hit a pregnant humpback whale off the coast of Alaska. Passengers and some of the crew were telling the pilot or whatever they call the person, who captain, captain, the captain, yeah, whatever, the engineer, whatever, you're driving not, the boat. You're not showing your nautical knowledge No, here. I don't have much nautical knowledge. But anyway, like that, that they were on collision course with this and it never even changed speeds or moves. So it just slammed into it and got fined for that. 750,000 endangered species killed. Even on its best day, it's still creating a lot of environmental damage. Frank, you mentioned scrubbers um, as sort of one of the maybe greener things, if you can call it that, about these ships, or a way to try to make them greener. What are they? There's scrubbers in the smokestacks that basically, whatever, giant filters or whatever that suck out all the pollutants before they, or a lot of the pollutants, or a percentage of the pollutants before they're released in the atmosphere of the air. But that's great. That's well and good. But then all the stuff that they're collecting and scrubbing, all the filter, the stuff they're collecting is getting, instead of being spewed into the air, it's getting dumped into the waters that it's traveling on, at least according to reports I read. That's what happens to a lot of it. So it's either polluting the air or polluting the water. Are there any ways that these companies are trying to be greener? I think they're moving to like liquefied natural gas or liquefied propane or whatever, that kind of stuff, rather than the heavy fuel oil. But I don't, I didn't find anything where they're going to go solar or i mean i guess they could do solar and do some batteries but i didn't run into any of that it was basically just liquefied natural gas and stuff but has there been any legislation to try to clamp down no i couldn't find any that doesn't mean it wasn't out there or they're least not talking about it but no it's kind of a at least the reports that i did read that were critical of the industry it's basically a, largely unregulated because a lot of the companies aren't actually based in the united states Yes, in Africa or the Caribbean, wherever. The, so they're not really paying federal taxes, at least not to the United States anyway. Many of them run from Miami and Alaska and, and stuff out of our ports. But So no, they're, they're not well regulated anywhere on the, on the planet. And that's the big problem. I'm also wondering if because they're operating in international waters, um, that has anything to do with it? Kind of like the, the Titanic submarine that wasn't really regulated? Like, a, <laughs> it seems like a little bit like the Wild West out there. 
Yeah, I mean, once you're in international waters, I mean, what and who's I should have looked farther into it. I wasn't going to put it in the story, like how they even get caught. Somebody on the boat rats on them or something. I don't know because they're like <laughs> they're secret environmental undercover people, like you freak the go. I would never be on it to begin with, but I certainly would rat them out. But yeah, that's interesting when they're in international waters and like if they come into Iraq, like Newport is the haven for it. There's like 98, there is 98 scheduled to come in this year between April and November to anchor in Newport. I talked to DEM in the, in the city of Newport and there's not like a, a lot of things they, they do. I mean, they make sure they can't, they don't dump their wastewater and the DEM said they've never had a problem with that of any of them. But I mean, why would they come into a port and then dump their wastewater? They just do it when they're traveling. It's probably more noticeable yeah, in the ports, right. especially because DMs constantly testing water quality. Yeah. So even, but even if they're docked, whether they're anchored or docked in Newport or wherever they, the ports they're in visiting, they, they leave these ships running. They're idling because they got a power, you know, the staff still in the thing and doing their work. There, some passengers might not disembark. Is that what they call it? Disembark and go and visit Newport or whatever stop they're at. And then there's, you know, they don't want the ice skating rink that's on these ships to melt. So they need to keep idling. It's insanity, all this stuff. Cruise do they ships. really have ice rinks? Some of them do, yeah. Wow. Which I couldn't, I, mean, I do believe. I mean, there's like the icon of the sea is this like 40 entertainment venues, bowling alleys, ice skating rink, restaurants, bars. It's like a floating city. Yeah, how does it even stay float? It's so big, 20 decks. Well, you obviously don't know how buoyancy works. No, nah, I don't know. <laughs> if you don't know if the bubbler is called the scuttlebutt on a boat. No, I never, I never, I heard of scuttlebutt, but never as a, I didn't know it was a bubbler. Why did you decide to write about this if you are not an avid cruiser, if that's what people who take cruises are called? I was in Newport last fall. Joe and I were talking to a Newport reader of Econine News, and he mentioned that all these cruise ships, not even the massive ones don't even come into Newport, but pretty big, like the Queen Mary II came in last month. But just like their environmental damage, I hadn't really given it much thought. And then, so that stayed with me a little bit. Then I saw the CNN story puff piece about the icon of the seas and how great it is when, in fact, just reading that story, I'm like, well, this is an environmental disaster. And they didn't even bring that up. It's just obvious by reading the story. So then I started poking around and came up with the story. Not, I mean, it was local, but not as local as I would have liked. Eco RI News goes international. We'll be sending someone 300 nautical miles out into international water. I don't think there's anybody in the staff that would want, I know Joanna didn't, doesn't want to go on a cruise ship. Maybe you do. Rob does not, and I don't know about Bonnie. Thanks for being here, Frank. This has been the Blab Lab, EcoRise Environmental News Podcast. We want to thank Roger Williams University and Professor Bernardo Moda for letting us use the podcast studio here. We also want to thank Vanessa Carlton, whose song Willow you hear at the beginning and the end of this podcast. If you guys have any questions or if this episode sparked any ideas for future stories or future episodes, please feel free to email me at Colleen, C-O-L-L-E-E-N, at EcoRide.org. Until next time, you can read us at EcoRide.org. I mean, the man who doesn't like to go to the beach during the summer doesn't want to be on a cruise. Shocking! (laughs)